and welcome to the first episode of the Hermeneutic Oval. Now, I could have chosen the Hermeneutic Ellipse, because an oval and an ellipse, they both have a similar shape. They're both a somewhat squashed circle, and I want to draw a comparison to that hermeneutic circle. But I did look up the hermeneutic ellipse, and I found that it is actually associated with a Marxist writer, and although I've got nothing against Marxism, I don't want to be pigeonholed to that. So, hermeneutic oval it is. Hermeneutic oval is a name that is not taken, and since I often think about things in terms of the hermeneutic circle that I learned through anthropology, I think that that's a good place to start. So, just a bit of background here, since this is the first episode. I am currently a data analyst, formerly an award-winning journalist, so I'm still an award-winning journalist. Those awards don't go away. I have that background of multimedia content creation and attending meetings and reporting on politics. I was, in fact, stringing for the Associated Press the night that Donald Trump was elected and helped to funnel those numbers up to the national media. And I have reported on, as I said, quite a number of local meetings, Marcella shale drilling, local crime. When we had the opiate epidemic hit here, I think it hit here in rural northeastern Pennsylvania a little sooner than it hit everywhere else. But that is part of my background. Depending when you ask me the question, I would also say I am a Christian, but lately I've taken to not saying that, and there's a lot to unpack there. But I find that it is actually healthier for my relationship with, with God and with some of my internal issues if I say at the moment that I'm not a Christian. Still working through that. But if you were to look at my bookshelf, you would see lots of Christian books. You would see an introduction to Greek, which I mean to read and haven't read. Jesus Freaks from a certain band. Some Billy Graham books, one of which I have read. The Question of Canon, which is a fantastic examination of the veracity of the New Testament. And, of course, a Septuagint with Apocrypha, because... I want to see all of the scriptures which were called scripture at the time of Jesus because I don't want anybody to be editing things out of the book that were there when the Savior was alive and his disciples were putting together things. But there's also other things on this shelf. There's a book of philosophies of India, which I have barely delved into, but my father recommended. He would often classify himself as a Buddhist, although he's not exactly. Again, many things are complicated and take a bit to unpack. Got several Bibles, Bible concordances, soft cover, book of the Dead Sea Scrolls, official rules of card games, and a Dungeon Master's Guide for an edition of Dungeons & Dragons that I don't even play. So that'll show you I've got a little bit of geek credibility. I have an Atlas of the Universe, the old National Geographic picture Atlas of the Universe. Fantastic book. Has lots of lovely paintings of the Greek gods with the planets that share their names. And a whole bunch of other things. I still have CDs. Don't listen to them much anymore. 
So there you go. That ages me. And that gives you a bit of an idea who I am. I've got a lot of unfinished business, a lot of deep thoughts in my background, and a lot of ways to put those thoughts together. When I think about putting thoughts together, when I think about trying to understand something, trying to know something, you might use the word grok, and I think that that's actually a great word. It comes from Robert Heinlein, fantastic science fiction author, has his issues, but was a man of his time, and wrote some very boring books, but also some very great books. When you're trying to understand something, you want to grok it. You want to understand it thoroughly, intimately. There actually is kind of a sexual implication with that term, but more than that, deeper than that, deeper than what we humans would call sex. That's the idea of it in the book. So to take that, I want to grok things. I want to know things, and I want to let them be known to other people. And that means you've got to dig in deep. This is where the hermeneutic circle comes in. For social sciences, anthropology is where I learned it. The hermeneutic circle means that you basically embed yourself with a culture, get to know them, get to know them deeply and intimately until you're basically one of them. And then, with that experience and the notes you took and the insights you gained, you come back out of it. And that completes the circle. Because you can't really explain a culture until you've been in it. Not just observed it, but been in it as if you were one of them. In fact, became one of them. That's what I like to do with a great many things that I study, which is why I have a diverse library here. I like to know what were the early Christians like. Let's read not just what most people read about them, but what few people read about them. Let's not just read the Protestant, but also the Catholic Bible with the, with the Apocrypha and the extensions thereof. Let's not just read the Christian way of looking at things, but let's also look at other viewpoints. I think actually right next to that book on philosophies of India is a little book of Viking tales because I want to branch out. I want to expand my vocabulary my mental frame of reference, to make sure that I understand humanity, who people are, and how they think, and what does that say about the universe. So all of these things I would like to touch on and explore throughout my life and through this podcast. So, hopefully, this is the kind of thing that you're interested in too, and you'll continue to subscribe. If not, certainly move on. There is a plethora of great podcasts out there. I am subscribed to dozens myself, and I can't keep up with most of them, but many podcasts have proven to be life-changing for me, to have totally changed my viewpoint on things. Sometimes it takes multiple episodes on a topic, or multiple episodes that are on different topics that somehow gel in my mind to show me how things make sense. And then when it dawns on me, it's amazing. So I do highly recommend podcasts. There's so many great podcasts out there. 
Christian podcasts, gaming podcasts, Christian gaming podcasts. I can't recommend those enough. In fact, Saving the Game, a Christian gaming podcast, and their friends over at Inroads Ministries, and another one was Game Store Profits, closely related to that. Those podcasts have been great for me in encouraging me as a geek and as a Christian and as a podcaster. Their historical heresies here at series on saving the game itself was fantastic i learned more about christian history there than i did in the classes i took in the methodist church when i was growing up and i love the methodist church don't get me wrong i picked up some good bits of history but we didn't go that deep we didn't go that far back it's good stuff again if you want to understand christianity you have to understand catholicism and not just what its detractors say about it. I have a very good friend who's Catholic, and I love to talk to him, and I miss taking walks with him. Tom, if you're out there, you know who you are. There are just so many great people, so many great viewpoints, so many ways of looking at the world that I don't want to be shutting things out. I'm rambling. And maybe that's okay. Maybe it'll all come around. Maybe it's part of this hermeneutic oval that I am going round and round. Call it some sort of racetrack. I always saw the hermeneutic oval as an idea that, partly like a racetrack, but not entirely like a racetrack, you go down one side fast, then you slow around the curve, and then you come back out fast. That's one of the reasons why the hermeneutic oval makes sense to me, because unlike a hermeneutic circle, where you're moving at the same velocity, you're moving at the same angle all the way around, a hermeneutic oval suits me personally, because I am an introverted, emotionally centered person. I go upon my feelings. I go and study what interests me. Right now, I'm listening to podcasts about QAnon because I want to know what those people think. I'm listening to podcasts about a church which was arguably a cult because I want to understand how that works and what happened there and what that means about my Christian faith. Listening to podcasts about history, listening to podcasts about politics. I want to understand all of these things but I'm mainly driven by what interests me at the moment. And I'm going to go into it, and I'm going to go into it deep. I've been studying racial theory. What's it called? Critical race theory. To understand what it is. To make sure that I fully grok it before I judge it. I think very many people, both on the right and on the left, they go at things too fast and they don't even know what they're looking at before they make a judgment call. Now, I'll be the first to confess, being an emotionally centered person, I have very quick emotional responses to things at times. And I have to go back. I have to have that flare, go away, come back, go away, come back, before I understand things that can really happen. So this idea of a hermeneutic oval is my compromise. 
I don't have the time, the energy. I still have a full-time job. I still have novels I'd like to finish. I don't have the time, the energy outside of work and family and hobbies, including gaming. Yes, I am a dungeon master. To go into the proper depth and spend the proper time really embedding myself with a culture or a class or a genre of literature. And so I, I do these things piecemeal and things tie together and I keep going back to these things again and again so that I understand them because I do want to understand a great many things and everything fits together. So again, the hermeneutic oval is me diving into something because I am fiercely interested in it right now. A couple years ago it was Calvinism, Reformed theology, Arminianism maybe, but more so you know, Calvinism and what I decided was wrong with it and why does it exist and how does it fit in with all the other Christianities and how does it fit in with history and the Reformation and the Age of Empire and so many things. And it was beneficial to go into it repeatedly and over a long period of time and deeply but it was also good to get out of it and there came a point where I basically fled the study of it and moved on to other things because it becomes unhealthy so for that reason a hermeneutic oval makes sense to me I think that it describes me in the way I think and is as good of a nutshell description of the podcast experience that I want to have as anything. So I'm coming up on 15 minutes, which was my goal for this brief introduction. I hope that this recording is high enough quality that I am willing to post it, because as I alluded to, I have written novels, at least one full novel, another novel well along, and I haven't published them, because they never seem quite good enough. An editor told me that the one that is complete isn't quite good enough. It's got some racial language and some other issues that need to be worked out, which I will or won't. I haven't made decisions on all of that, and I have a great many other hobbies that I want to spend my time on. All of that to be said, I hope you'll come back. I hope you'll come back for whatever episode I have next. Maybe it'll be something around Christianity or politics or ideology or whatever interests me at the moment, as the host of any other podcast would tell you, they're the ones who run the show. It's their menu that you get to choose from. I do love podcasts for one reason, and that is I can go into the backlist of anybody's episodes and pull out what I want. Like I said, when I was looking into critical race theory, I could find episodes from 5, 10, 15 podcasts, pick the ones that looked like they made sense to me, and listen to them, and get a whole bunch of different perspectives on it, and a whole bunch of different what I consider to be valid perspectives on it, not those people from the right who think they know what they're talking about but don't, and not those people from the left who think they know what they're talking about but don't, but a great many people who are studied and careful and cautious, and a few other people who, like myself, are a little bit more emotionally centered. I want to know the, those different personalities, those different perspectives, so that I can get a rich viewpoint 
for myself. So, the beauty of podcasts, you can go back and pick whatever topic you'd like. And so over time, I'm sure this podcast will be very eclectic, like I myself am. Perhaps I'll include bits of fiction that I've written. Perhaps I'll include bits of reading from my library and other things that are interesting to me. Today, I printed out a papal bull from the Age of Discovery, where the Pope gave the King of Portugal permission to enslave the entirety of the non-Christian world. That's a pretty powerful permission. And it has shaped a great portion of the world in a distinct way. And we need to understand that. We as Christians need to know what came before and who came before and how they thought and why and what it did to the world. And then we can talk about our faith with some wisdom and some humility, which we ought to. And so that's what I hope to do, to speak with wisdom and humility of a great many things. So welcome to the Hermeneutic Oval, and I hope this isn't the last episode. Thanks.